0: gen nation kenny kim here bringing you another fantasy golf Arts podcast this week for the rbc heritage as usual i am here with everybody's favorite
1: canadian tyler Tambley. tyler what is up my friend another good one kenny you got the masters in the books excited to talk about it john rom rombo gets it done we'll talk about that in a second but before we get into it I want to remind everyone very quickly this show is brought to you and presented by Prizepix.com. head on over to pricepicks.com use promo code mmn Get yourself a 100% deposit bonus up to your first 100 bucks. Lots going on there. Pick them DFS, props, picks, and plays, all different ways, higher, lower, everything you guys want to mess with there. Lots of stuff coming out for this golf season as we move on. But, Kenny, incredible Masters. It was great. The weather and stuff got a little bit in the way. I loved it. I, I got some takes on it. I'll let you go first. But John Rahm gets the green jacket, gets the job done. I'll say this. Someone asked the question right after the Masters, Rory versus Brooks who gets the fifth major first. I think it, it's kind of hot take-ish because Rory's so close and you would just expect he gets it done. But I, it would not surprise me if John Rahm gets five before those guys do. And it's not just the recency bias. The guy just, man, he like he missed a ton of putts. He just, just didn't feel like anything. And he just still goes out there and wins it down the stretch. I know the stuff, Seve's birthday and the caddy bib with the 4-9 on it for the, for the April 9th. There's all the good fun narratives, but Rahm is just so damn good got the job done gets his second major a green jacket halfway to the career grand slam what what's your take on rom and the rest of the masters we'll get into all the other stuff of course i mean well. just,
0: just just talking about rory i mean he hasn't won a major in a decade i mean what makes you think he's going to win another one uh yeah. especially the way he well, plays like the math. he's at 4 like i, I get yeah yeah i mean like i like i i put a i put a poll out saying you know would you consider rory's career disappointing if he doesn't win another major And like 66% said yes. Yeah, Uh, I mean, 23 PGA Tour wins. He'll get to 30, uh, no doubt in my mind. But if he doesn't win another major, I mean, like the amount of hype that he's had, I mean, he's got to get to five, okay? Because like once you get to five, there's only like single digits golfers since World War II that have won five majors. Um, And their names are like, you know, player Jack, uh, Tiger Faldo. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like the top, the, the top of the top. And um, you know, I, if, you, everyone would have thought that he would be in that in that group. But I mean, he might be top 25, best player of all time, top 50, something like that. I Top 25, I could say, probably realistically, top 20. But everyone thought he'd be a top 10 player. Uh, when he started, and it's been a little bit disappointing, and the amount of work that he put in—this like, was his chance. I mean, the form was good. Uh, he played 81 holes at Augusta prior to uh, playing the the event. It's not great. I mean, I'm a little bitter because, of course, I had him in cash last week. Him and Connors, uh, the two guys that I thought, you know, no problem—they're going to make the cut. Uh, they will make it easy. I'll be fine. The other four guys made the cut. Them two motherfuckers didn't. So I could just be a little bit bitter about that. But let's talk about John. I mean, John, uh, I think I picked John to win the Masters at, at, in the uh, season preview show. Uh, of course, I didn't bet him because I'm stupid. That's just the way it goes. Um, and, 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 you know, the way it it played out, I mean, you know, it was basically a runaway. If it wasn't for the live guys, it would have been even worse, right? I mean, uh Uh, so i mean great win by john we saw it coming there's going to be a season where he wins a couple of majors and wins like five events this seems like the year Uh, i would not be shocked if he goes ahead and wins another uh major sometime this year maybe a u.s open the pj championship uh something out there he's gonna win uh so i mean amazing stuff by john Rom. uh of course the stories this week were just unbelievable i mean people almost dying from the from the trees falling down we had multiple aspects of like cheating possibly i'm pretty fucking sure brooks and his caddy told gary woodland you know what club they were using and, and you know I, the, the thing is if augusta took a penalty for that okay it would it would appease like the 10% of like hardcore golf fans out there but like 99% of the world would think golf is a stupid fucking game if they if they made a penalty for that you know what I'm saying? I it, it, you know, it's just so dumb. And I'm 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 percent sure both Brooksy and his caddy lied. They told him what the fuck, you know, uh club they were using, but I don't care. It's not a big deal. It's not like it affected the tournament in any way, shape, or form. Uh uh, and I, granted, I guess it's a rule, golf is a game of integrity and rules and stuff like that, but still the look would be horrible. Would have been horrible for non for the casuals and for you know 80 of the true golf fans out there it's just been bad um you know and then we have phil i mean jesus christ well what, what, what the thing about these live guys is what it seems like is they just don't give a shit about playing on live events like they don't care uh you know what i'm saying because you see these guys come in phil phil in three live events this year has not you know, not have the team aspect we're like Two of the four, three of the four scores count per round. Um, uh, three of the four scores count per round. Uh, you know, it, at, for their team competition, none of his scores have ever counted this whole season. Not a single round. And he goes out there and does what he did. I mean, almost as amazing as his win at uh, Kiwa a couple of years ago. I mean, the storylines are great, but I mean, what it comes down to at the end is Rom is amazing, number one player in the world. Nothing really phases him. Um, he he seems like a dog out there. He has that attitude where, you know, he thinks he should win every event, uh, but it's not like scathingly, you know, bad from perspective like Kepka was because it's the same attitude Kepka used to have, uh, you know. Uh, it's just... Kept portrayed it in a different light um, than John, but it's, they both have that same idea. Uh, it was a fun Masters to watch. I thoroughly enjoyed it, uh, even though I lost a fucking shit ton of money. Uh, luckily, the GBPs were fine. Uh, you know, the funny thing is, in, in GBPs, so the winner of the $5, which is the one that I um, played, uh, he, uh, he had Spieth Hovland Burns Young, Kepka, and Reed, uh, in his lineup. I was overweight on all of those guys. I rostered all six of those guys. Didn't have a single lineup in the top one thousand. Now, luckily, I had a bunch of lineups in the thousand to two thousand range, which was like thirty dollars a pop, and that saved me. Uh, you know, I only I lost like fifteen percent in GPPs, but of course, I lost my cast because fucking Rory um, <laughs> and Corey Connors,
1: two guys who I thought any any of storylines you want to talk about um when it I comes got a few. to uh, yeah i mean i think yeah. that's, we're trying not to do the longest recap in the world but i will say one thing about the rom factor i mean you talked about it we i talked about it with you the start of the season going back to that preview you talked about it uh with rom to win the masters i think you had him but you talked about the chip on the shoulder and how but you know, last season in a lot of those interviews he was said oh you got to talk to rory basically insinuating you talk to rory and tiger and those types of guys if you want information i'm just here like he knows that he's that guy, even though he the thing is he's good enough to back it up. You gave it like with his shots, or you, you gave it like sort of how he feels, I should say. But like how Hatton does it, Hatton just doesn't have the same talent as Rom to back it up. But both Hatton and Rom, when they hit like a chip from fifty feet or or twenty five yards out, they act like it should go in. It's like bro, you put it to, like one foot, like you're good. Not everything can go in for you on that spot. But Rom can back it up the full way. And this week, I want to talk about two things. One with Rom, the chip on the shoulder was after the round one interview. Where if you remember, he had the, the four-putt double bogey to start, comes back to first-round leader, and someone in the interview mentioned to him about being the betting favorite. He goes, oh, really? That's interesting because I thought I was the third favorite when I looked yesterday. So right, it's in his head. He already knew. You're going to tell me Rory and Scotty are better than me? Watch this. And he's good enough to go out and do it. And by the way, he wins the tournament by four. And then... I'll go to the second storyline. You can go back to that one if you want. In a sec, we should talk Tiger for a minute as well. Willie Z, hundred percent healthy, and then WDS. But just a note: Sam Bennett, the amateur. Same thing. I think it was uh Gabby. I Hurst, love that guy. Her name. She mentioned love, it on. Love that guy. Uh, I got. I got some problems. We'll talk in a second. But she mentioned it on Twitter, it was true though. I forgot about this back at the USM at Ridgewood, where he had said the media. himself, He said himself, the media is sleeping on me. He's like, watch what I'll do. And he goes out and wins the thing. It was a battle down the stretch against Carr. He got the job done. There was a cool storyline because both of them had a connection that their fathers had passed away. And if you were watching that, it was kind of neat. They were saying like, hopefully they're up there watching us together play. And there was a lot of great information and things that you got from that storyline. But one thing he had said on the other side, the golf competition side, was they're sleeping on me. Watch this. And he goes out and wins that, by the way. And then this week, all week long, sergeant 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 he's the number one am low am etc dfl for the amateurs i was on it myself i'll take the l2 i'm following those that know a little bit more about that than i do and i'm good i i like tailing that i'll go with it but just thinking of that in your mind you talk about all the time i bring it up the chip on the shoulder thing does matter when it's not like bennett didn't have the skill to back it up he did get a little bit of the the old humble pie after saying ridgewood was a much harder course after his first two rounds went well at Augusta national. And then he bounces back and obviously doesn't do as well down the stretch, but in Butler cabin, another great finish, another great result, a huge week for him on the nil side of things, the name and image likeness. People were talking about how he doesn't get the money. Well, he also wouldn't have got the invite if he was there. He wouldn't, if he's a professional, he doesn't get in. He's in on an amateur special invite. So I think that's what people need to realize, but he made a lot of money. They were, they were talking in golf digest articles, upwards of seven figures because he was literally in the feature group with Rahman Kepkin, the leader. So uh, looking pretty good for him. Solid week overall for that. But yeah, Tiger. Let me, let me, let me go say go ahead, one thing me.
0: about Sam Bennett. He is arrogant. He is brash. He is controversial. He says what's on his mind. And P- the PGA Tour needs that. The PGA Tour needs that. All those guys with those aspects left for Liv. Say what you want about their skill level. Say what you want about them taking money, but Liv took all these villains, all these controversial guys, guys who like to state their opinion, state their mind, who think they're better than everyone else. Like, I get why people people ever rub people the wrong way. I understand that completely. But you need shit like that on the tour. It's what the tour is missing. The tour is so Vanilla. Like, okay, yes, these golfers are amazing. What we see them do week in and week out, skill-wise, on the course, incredible stuff, top of the world, unbelievable stuff on the course. Outside of the course, these motherfuckers are vanilla.
1: Yeah, these
0: dudes are boring. Almost everybody. It's on so cool, though. Every Almost every Rom is the only one with a little bit of flair. Oh, you know, a little bit of that flair. You know, he's he's literally. The only one. Yes. Like, I, you need, I need Sam Bennett on tour right now talking shit. Because I, I know golf is a gentleman's game, and that's the way you think about it. But it, you need some sort of flair in, in the game. Some Sevy. People hated Sevy. You know what I'm saying? Sevy said wild-ass shit. Like, Sevy started fights and shit, like, on the course. Like, uh, you know, and, and now people go back and they love him. You know everybody loves Seve. The amount of controversy he's had, the amount of problems Seve had with other golfers—if you Google that shit, it's wild. People hated him, hated him. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and it was so good for the tour, though. Like that's what made the Ryder Cup what it is today—is Seve. You know, bringing that brashness uh, to that event. You know, I will whoop the Americans' ass. Like that type of that type of mind
1: frame. Is 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 not on the pga tour Um, I thought Brooks yeah. was gonna call it out himself yesterday because he got he was he complained about this. There was good jokes going around on Twitter. I will talk about that for two seconds too. But like the the aspect of slow play, so he played with Bennett. I was gonna say that. Sam Bennett, I don't care what anyone says. I was never yesterday criticizing his talent or his skill set. Everything you just said, I'm I like him too. Fuck. He is slow, though, man. I don't care. This is what it is. It's just calling it like you see it. He's slow. Brooks was fed up with it. And then Brooks had to play behind Hovland and Cantley, which obviously not Hovland, Cantley being the culprit there. Um, you know, slowed him down. Again, Rom had to deal with it too. No problem. Goes out and wins. It's all what you can deal with. Who knows? Point being, it happens. But that's another thing Bennett would bring to the tour. He can slow things down. Maybe people call it out a little bit. But lastly, for me, Kenny, I guess we do got to talk about Tiger. But the Live versus PGA thing, you and I were going to talk about this. I know when I said it earlier in the season, people didn't. But like, I don't know. I still feel I, I don't think it helps Live. I agree there. Like maybe they get a few more viewers or something. I don't see that even. But personally, here's the thing: golf Twitter, us involved in jokes and having fun with it. Yes. The golf media making it into something. Yes. Did I really feel down the stretch like it was a live versus PGA thing? Even though Mickelson, Reed, and Kepka were all in the mix, that's really not what I felt. I don't know. Maybe I'm different. Maybe everyone else did feel that. I just didn't feel it. All it told me and made me feel, and I know you're gonna comment on this, was you know, the the ranking, the OWGR right? Like the points and all this system that's set up like, the, I want these guys in all these other events. Maybe it's some of the stuff you just said, maybe not. Maybe it's just the fun of having them all back together, but only four times a year, there's a problem. And now the factor of like if Reed and Brooks didn't play their way through this to get, I mean, Brooks has other exemptions, but Reed played his way into the top five to get into these other majors in some case, but all the guys, you can lo- look them up like V6, VC 606 or whatever is Nostar off on Twitter. Like everybody follows him, even the pro players. He just, he said it today. Like they really, can't even gain any more points. In the other majors that the ones are in, sure, those guys will get some points, but the O in official world golf rankings most certainly stands for outdated at this point. I don't know what the new system is. You got a better system out there? Throw it in the comments. Let me know some ideas on what you think might be a great system. But I'll tell you what, missing these guys and these other, there has to be a better way. There just has to be a better way. Well, what are your thoughts on Livers PGA and that in general?
0: If, 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 okay, so that Twitter site uh, said that they're all live golfers would be outside of the top 50 by the end of the year. Yeah. Um, unless they, don't they do get something wild in the yeah. majors, unless they do something in the majors. Only chance. So that means next year, we're not going to see anyone from live play in a major unless they're a defending champion or they played well the year before and they can get into it, get into the event the next year. Like at the Masters, you finish top 10, you're back the next year. Um, So uh, obviously these live guys can still play golf. Uh, That's the one thing that we we saw. I mean, they can compete. There's no doubt. I guess the big down, the one thing you can also take from that is they really don't give a shit about live events, the live golfers, because these guys are playing like garbage uh, over on live events. Phil, like I said, Phil, like I said about Phil earlier, uh, and and he comes out here and just goes ham (laughs) at Augusta. Um, Same with Reed, you know, same with other guys. He just, I mean, granted, Brooks has won twice. So at least he's over there doing his thing. Uh but like for the most part like no one cares about that. I will say, you know, these next two events for Live, they're really going to hang their hat on it because the crowds are going to be amazing. Uh they've already sold out like 100,000 tickets for Australia at Adelaide. Uh they're going to have like That one's 70- going to be nuts for sure. Yeah, that's it's going to be crazy and they're going to and Live is going to hang their hat on that. Um uh, you know, talk about oh the the majors and this is you know, we still and, but they're not wrong. They still have some of the best golfers in the world. They, ha- they do. It's the truth. They have some of the best golfers in the world on their tour. There has to be something to get these guys to play uh these majors year in and year out. Um if it's some type of agreement with the Matt with the Augusta National, the RNA, uh, the USGA, and the PGA of America, they have to find some way to get these guys in and I really don't know what the answer is I mean you can maybe like if you I was thinking okay if they win a live event they get to yeah. go play but that's so unfair to every single other tour out there you know what I'm saying like I don't know if they they would be able to do that Um, so I don't know what the fix is but something has to be done to get these guys to play because the event felt for the first time this year like a real full event With these guys, obviously, these live guys can play good golf. Another problem for the PGA Tour is the Players' Championship loses a shit ton of its luster, basically, after this past week because it's not the best players in the world. It's not the strongest field that you will see um, in an event. It's just not. Without the live guys, it's not the strongest field. It's plain and simple. Um, So, you know, they, they lose their luster on the Players' Championship. It's the four majors and nothing else, basically. Now, I mean, yeah, week in and week out, the golf is good. I like watching the golf on PGA Tour better than Live. Mm-hmm. Better golf, better golfers, better competition, but it's not. But because of Live separating and Live being play allowed to be playing in these majors. It brings down the PGA Tour and its events, designated or not. It brings them down a notch, especially the Players Championship.
1: Speaking of designated events, coming down a notch, Rory WD second. I mean, yeah. we're getting we're going ahead of ourselves, but just to say it, like as Rory didn't make the cut, the original statement, I, my understanding was you literally needed to play all of them except one to get PIP, and and I know they changed it for next year. They already with the new thing coming out took off the you got to play everyone rom had mentioned which we'll see we're going to talk about rom when we get to the tiers i don't know there's still time it's only it's only monday night like he could be out i don't know it just sounds like they're already Well, from what it.
0: i hear you don't lose all of it you just lose a portion
1: that's what i'm wondering maybe that's the mm-hmm. case so like like i said mm-hmm. either way though i'm still excited for this week because i like this course quite a bit and i know it's a week after the made the masters and you've got a bit of the hangover and all those effects but at the same time, I'm excited to see all these great players on this course this week, switching gears a little bit, but just saying now other people like it's just it doesn't line up. Rom had said it earlier in the season. I don't like that all like some of these designated events fall the week after a major. Because I think after the PGA championship is also another one, isn't it? Or or maybe it's after it's after. Well, I mean, Rom. What's
0: Rom gonna do? Because Rom usually plays Zurich. He's the defending champion in Mexico, has to play this week.
1: But he doesn't. That's what I'm saying. I'm I'm literally saying I think Rom could still WD this week. I don't know if it's going to happen. We're going to go as if he's in because he's in right now. But I'm just saying he could still WD, take a week off after winning the Masters and just whatever happens, happens. Take my mind. Like, who cares? And then play the Zurich with whatever his teammate is and then play the Mexico Open and defend. Maybe a trip away for the family, whatever. So maybe he doesn't. Maybe he just goes right through. But it's a lot, like you said, to just put that in. And Spieth talked about it this week, about the grind of the schedule. Aaron Wise, as it literally withdrew from the masters with basically citing mental health and, and saying, wanting to get right with that going on. Like, I don't know. It just seems like uh, they've got a lot of things to still work out on top of all the things we just talked about. That's where I can segue and tie it back together, I guess. And then we can segue to something else, but tiger, any, anything you want to talk about tiger before we move on? I just wish she,
0: you know, he, 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 I just wish he could ride a car
1: product of the weather though i'm saying or was it just never gonna no
0: it's definitely the weather he looked he looked fine the first couple of days i mean a little bit of a limp no problem uh but when it got cold on saturday i mean like yeah there was no way yeah yeah, that's the way it was gonna be i mean i you know and and augusta's like the toughest walk like in the world you know what i'm saying like you know if you've ever been there it's you know all valleys and hills and shit like that um you know and, and weird stances on the fairway i think um you know, like uh, uh, an open championship or something like that. He can go out. I, I think, like I said, his shots are still there. Uh, it's just a matter of pain tolerance for his leg. And Jason Day said that last year when he withdrew from the PJ Championship, it's because a screw, like, punctured that was in his leg, punctured the skin and poked out of his leg. I mean, Jesus Christ. Just, just, just check the ego. Check the ego and get a cart or just don't play anymore. I, I mean that 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 that's really it. Uh, I, think, for him. I think he
1: just said he'll never take a card. I just feel like that's true, but who knows if he ever ends up switching it up? Yeah, I mean I don't know why why. Like no one's gonna talk
0: shit about Tiger riding a cart at this point in time if he goes out and contends. Now could there be an asterisk if he goes out and wins two more majors, three more majors, and ties Jack? Well, yeah, yeah, there would be, but he would still have that number, and I'd still think he has the game and all the shots and all the tools to go out and contend if he didn't have to walk 16 miles every for 4 days you know what i'm saying like yeah. that that's what it comes down to we, we, i don't think we're ever going to see tiger really be as unless you get a flat us open a flat open championship where the temperatures are a little bit warmer than normal uh that would be like his best bet i think maybe uh but like you know you could see him compete like in all the designated (laughs) events if if you wanted to if you just rode a cart just 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 get the cart just get the cart tiger no uh, there's like there'll be like five people that bitch
1: everybody else will love and it'll go away quickly if that was the case no one's gonna really that much and it'll go away so yeah, I don't have much uh, else. I mean, all these other guys played good, made runs late. Like, sir, this year's Spieth was last year's Rory, whatever you want to call it. I know he didn't get to second, but the make his ride up the board. Like, the Xanders, you know, Tigala with the incredible shot late. Cameron I think Tigala's
0: going to win a Masters. Cam That's Young something. is going to win a Masters. Like, yeah. those guys look good. Hovland, you know, he had some amazing chips. Like, his Earlier. short game, I mean, a short game overall, I think he was right around average that could probably win him majors. You know what I'm saying? Like, so a, a lot of stuff. That, that I mean, this week was just so full. We could spend the whole hour uh, talking about I don't much else. can't
1: Cantlay and Scheffler, by the way, could not make a putt. So we'll talk about them. When well, we get- I've
0: been talking about Scheffler for a while, a little worried about him. I think ball striking is fine. But, it, you know, he's gotten to the point where, is he like a Morikawa now? Is he like a JT where, you know, his ball striking is elite, but he can't putt with a damn? And when you see that happen... You see less wins. Look at JT now. Look at He Hasn't won in two years. Um, you know, it's something to think about with Scheffler, especially like I said, you know, putting his mental and he's miss, missing a lot of short putts. Not as much as Cantley. Cantley missed 12 putts inside of eight feet. Eight feet's the 50 50 mark on the PGA tour. Missed to m- missed 12 putts inside eight feet. And of course, I had him 66 to one with a five places each way. I was like, ah, I get the each way. My first each way hit. No, fuck you, Patrick Cantley, Andrew Slope. But I'm gonna roster the hell out of you this week. All right. <laughs> let's go ahead and move on. Uh let's talk about our listener league winner, one of our longtime listeners, Swelly, too with an avatar of it looks like the Notre Dame coach or some coach, old Louisville coach, after he got a a DUI and like almost broke his neck. I'm trying to figure out who it is. I forget his name, but that's his avatar. Um, so, well, we, we'll go over it. He had Rom, of course, who was uh, 17% owned in the Listener League. Of course, the winner, Speed, finished in fourth, 23% owned. Sung Jizzle, my nizzle, 22% owned. He, did you hear about the person who got fired for saying that? No. Uh, uh, it was a um, – He said she said for Shizzle, my nizzle on a um, – on a uh, uh, news broadcast, like a 20-year anchor a veteran, they fired her for that. People are just wild nowadays. Yeah. Anyways, uh, Brooks Capka, huh? Cancel culture in full effect. I know, right? Capka, second place. He was 16% owned. Pretty fucking chalky lineup. Uh, Patrick Reed, 13% owned. Uh, finished in fourth. And Harold Varner, uh, he was three percent owned. Finished in uh, 29th. What you think of the lineup?
1: Three live guys. I like that at the bottom. Varner rounded it out. And the funny part is we, you know, we've had this winner before in previous listener leagues. And you said Sue L two. And it's actually the funny part is it's neither of what I, cause I always call it swole. I say it's swole. Cause the bankroll is swole. Now the, the winner is actually, it's like his name or whatever. is like S wallet. And instead of going all the way, it's like wallet, like with the two at the end. So either way, I like calling him swole too. bankroll is swole. After this week, won $31,000. With this lineup, not just the Lister League for a G, won the rest of it too. So incredible job! Eighth in the hundred dollar millimaker which was awesome to see right up there at the top. Oh the wow! Lineup's, the lineup's great. Like the the score is awesome, but just in general, again, Rom was solid, seventeen percent. When you had everyone on Rory and and with uh, Scheffler, makes sense there. Speed course history, M we knew was going to be popular at eighty one. Instead of going Connors in that range, went with kepko who was lower in the Lister League than he was elsewhere. So it was interesting in that sense, you know, still stuck with Kepka, and then rounded it out with Reed and Varner where there was all those other guys like Tiger. It was at 7,300 and forget who else was there, but there was other guys right in that range. So kind of a, a nice setup of the lineup and it definitely got the job done, 31,000 plus. So shout out to my guy Swole2, 2, Wallet. And we will actually see him in the three-man this week as well as in the Tournament of Champions, back in the Tournament of Champions where he has been before. So excited for them, great week overall. All right, so let's
0: get to this week. Let's get to this week. Let's talk about the course. Uh, Harbortown, 7,100-yard 7, par 71, four par threes, three par fives, uh, two of which are reachable by most of the pros. Off the tee, golfers just have to deal with tight tree line fairways with thick woods, bunkers, and water being a problem for golfers who miss wildly off the tee. Um, this course is the definition of target golf. If golfers hit it on the wrong side of the fairway, they might have a blocked second shot because of all the overhanging trees that surround the fairway. On the other hand, if they miss the fairway, but hit it on the correct side and not, in, and not in the woods, they will have an easier approach shot than golfers who hit it on the fairway, but on the wrong side. Fairways are tight, but over 66% of fairways have been hit during this tournament's past, which is above tour average, meaning most golfers will be hitting less to driver to place their balls in the right location. Uh, a lot of the fairways get extremely narrow around the 300 yard range, thus preventing golfers from breaking out the big stick. Because of this, the average driving distance here is, a, is one of the shortest on tour, either first or second every year, at around 265 to 275 yards. The rough normally isn't too thick, but missed fairways should make approach outs much tougher onto these small greens. On approach shots, golfers will see some of the smallest greens on tour with slight undulation and upside-down bowl configuration, which could make approaches that land on the edge of the greens more likely to roll off, leaving golfers with tricky up-and-downs for par. The greens usually play on the slower side with a stint meter rating of around 11, and the grass uses Tiff Eagle Bermuda. Golfers will need to be accurate with their approaches, not only because of the small size of the green, but also because of the obstacles around the green. There are bunkers around almost every hole, and water will be a factor around a few greens as well. Another bit of trouble the golfers will face around the greens are overhanging trees. Uh, a couple of holes actually have trees right in front of the green on both sides, making it almost look like a field goal post. Uh, so on these holes, if a golfer misses a little left or a little right, the trees will knock the ball down and leave tough, tough chip shots onto these greens. Only 57% of greens are hit at Town. And even with light winds, uh, these greens are still going to be missed. Uh, scrambling is important. Uh, like in 2019 with three of the top four finishers, um, hit less than 60% of the greens. So, you know, uh, the, the short game will be important though. The short game is fairly easy, uh, compared to other courses. Uh, you're just going to, you know, hit a lot of chips. Uh, what do you think? What, what, what do you think golfers need this week to win?
1: Everything you just said, but it's funny because we, we talked just a few moments ago about the Scheffler thing and needing those spots. Well, when you have the smaller greens and you're missing more of them naturally, what becomes popular is who's making the most five to 10 footers. And he's going to have, you know, likely a bunch of them. Because even if you put it inside, if you have a great, you know, going to opportunities gained within 15 feet, I think it is, you look at that, it's like, okay, he's still inside that range, but anything he gets closer or short misses. So I don't know. I, I mean, in general, you talked about it. Got to be in the fairway. Typically, you're around the green, the scrambling becomes very important But, Kenny, like always, I'm going to talk about something totally different because you just landed the course preview and the stats. Two things. One, lazy week. Man, everyone's on a Masters hangover. I I think we get a little bit of a lazy week here, meaning we get congested ownership. The only thing that counterbalances a little bit with that is the fact that it is a super soft pricing from DraftKings and a super stacked field, which I'll go to my next point in a second. So there is where we always get the spaced out ownership at these softer fields, stronger events. Or sorry, yeah, stronger fields softer pricing but when you also combine it with a lazy week i do think like the coochers, the postons the cantlays we'll get to all these guys maybe that's your cash lineup my point is those types of guys are still going to become popular and that's my second point i want to get your thoughts on this before we hop into the tiers is usually course history is pretty prevalent here the same guys do the same thing every single year but does that get outweighed when you just bring all the best players in the world pretty much into it where it's like ah Those guys could still do well, but they could get dusted by other guys in the same price range or pivots that are around them that just aren't getting the same ownership because they don't have the history. And we're a week after the Masters where some people are ah, a little bit fatigued from playing PGA DFS. There's still good tournaments though. So I'll hop in the streets. What does this podcast say? Or what do those guys say I should play? All right, I'll go that route. Let's try it. I don't know. What's your thoughts on that? Because I think that's going to be a bigger factor this week. Yeah, I mean, the whole
0: fatigue thing after the Masters is true. If you can tell right now, I'm fucking exhausted. I am not my normal uh, crazy wild self on this pod so far because I'm just tired. I am taking next week off. We're all taking next week off, and I can't fucking wait uh, about that. Having a week off is like one of the greatest things ever uh, uh, when you do this pod 44 times a year. Now, I think when it comes to course history, I think you just have to I don't think you just blindly go course history. I mean, I I I think people are off that anyways, uh nowadays. They they don't I mean you have to have some type of form coming in, more than likely, especially in a field like this. Uh now you combine good form with good course history. I mean, you're gonna have a popular golfer, but I mean, that's the end, that's the you know, angle I would go when it comes to course history. I think it does mean a little bit less uh this week. But I mean, you know, I'm still gonna use it. Uh, especially, so when, Matt, especially Matt, Kuchar,
1: Matt Kuchar will be popular is
0: what you're saying. Basically Matt, but you're probably going to be popular. And like, you know, there's, uh, I, there's going to be some popular people in this field who, you know, didn't even fare well last week. I think four of the last 12 winners uh, missed the cut of the masters, uh, you know, the week before they've played this event. So, you know, uh, looking at the masters results, I don't know. I don't know. How, how are you
1: going to judge that? Do you, do you think these golfers are going to have fatigue or are you just going to go about it like a normal week? I think that's what it's always been. Right. I don't remember a hundred percent correctly, but I think it was always like the guys that didn't do some of them. Again, it's always a blend samples are so small this year over year and stuff. But I remember like a lot of the guys that had could have a miscut at the masters and then come out and play well here. No problem. Because again, it's just totally different setup, different course, all those factors that go with it. Obviously if you're sharp and on your game should be better. My, you know, the obvious joke with Kucher is that he is extremely cheap at 7,700. He dominates this course and he's coming in off a third and a 16th place where he's done pretty well. He like almost won a seat into the Masters, uh, you know, last at Valero or whatever it was two weeks ago. I so think
0: he, I think he ended up being 51st after Valero. And I think it was on top of that, the top
1: 50 yeah. thing was over though. But still, yeah. he lit it like again, all those things combined. It's like, yeah, that makes for a pretty popular guy. And I would just say, like, I'm not ignoring course history, I'm never big on it anyway. So I wouldn't ignore it because the same guys play well here for a reason. But you have to also apply that thought process to some of the other because I remember last year and this is an interesting one because we're going to get there in a second anyway but last year remember I think it was cam young came out and just crushed early on and everyone's like holy shit I would have thought this wouldn't suit him very well but it did he came out played well out of the gate I think he ended up finishing third in the third. end right? yeah just checking uh, yeah, I, the notes quickly. I,
0: I looked I looked through some of his stuff from last year and he wasn't hitting driver off the tee he was hitting like three woods a lot of the time right. but his three wood goes as far as most drivers and so like, while he was hitting, you know, seven, eight iron onto some of these greens, others were hitting six, five irons, uh, you know, onto it, which is a big, I do want to talk about him. We will, uh, because that's
1: what I was going to say was, don't forget now we got Tessori on the bag who has a pretty good track record around this course, Webb Simpson winning it three years ago, 16th, fifth, ninth, all these other good finishes that go with it. So, I mean, that's the type of thing you have to look at. Now I go look at my model and see what Cam Young is looking like on this course. It's horrendous to me, like overall, but that's just, it's not what matters as much. That's what I'm saying in the factor of the quality, the talent, everything that goes into it, I'm ignoring some of those factors.
0: We're already talking about Cam Young, so let's just go ahead and talk about Cam Young right now. The the, the issue I have, I I have no idea what to do with him this week because I love Cam Young. I think he's going to be an unbelievable player. Came in third here last year. Now, the thing is, he's only finished top 10 uh, on – courses under 7,200 yards twice ever in his career. Uh, One was last year at the RBC Heritage and then it was like the following week uh, at at like the Wells Fargo where they played over at Avonel. Those are the the only two times he's ever finished top 10 on a course under 7,200 yards. Um, and, And the thing is, back then in both of those courses, very, very, lots of scrambling, lots of around the green play. A year ago this time, his around the green play was one of the best in the world. He was gaining three or four strokes around the greens for like six, seven, eight consecutive weeks. Uh, Now you look at it around the green, he's losing strokes six, seven, eight consecutive weeks around the green. Uh, Again, his driver is his biggest weapon. That's going to be muted, but he's going to be able to hit that three with accurate um, and be longer
1: like... Are you playing Cam Young this week? I'm guessing your answer is yes. Look for, as of right now, it looks solid to me. But like I said, if he creeps up to 20, to, if he ends up being super popular because of the Tesori on the bag thing or something like that, and because he came third here last year, I, I mean, there's the, again because, that's I how mean, strong the it, field is. You've yeah, got Fino, just... Fino, I like right underneath him. I think Fino has a strong around the green game. I know if most people see, oh, it doesn't really suit him. He's always great off the tee, the stats all look good across the board. He's solid on the, the par fours that this has a lot of them in that range where he's best on, like really, again, you bring a much stronger field to the, to the, to the course. I'm okay with just going off or, or moving to a different guy. And there's other guys I got like that too, that we'll talk about. Go ahead. Another question. Uh, the around the green play around here,
0: fairly easy mm-hmm. compared to other courses. Uh, you're going to, you're just going to have, you're going to miss a lot of greens, but the chipping here because of the way the greens are shaped and how small they are. Not as difficult as ninety percent of courses out there. So okay, say, yeah, so ahead. so so who who does that help? To me, I think that helps the good around the green player because that's gonna they're already good around the green. They don't have to worry about it. They're just gonna do their thing and they're gonna get up and down at a very 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 high clip. Now sure. some might think some might think that it helps the people who are poor around the green because it's easier. What's your take on that?
1: Well, that's what I was just going to say. My first thing that would come to mind, it's funny enough, I know we're doing tears right now, by the way, everybody, but we're starting in the 9K range. But think about this pivot. Like, here's a prime example. If Cameron Young, with the third place last year, and the Tesori on the bag, and some of the stuff that people just saw at the Masters and all that, brings him to a huge ownership, and people don't want to play a Victor Hovland right above him. Like Hovland can not only hit those greens if he's on with his ball striking, but if he's off, we saw some better stuff around the greens. He backed up his words, at least a little bit at a tougher around the green course. The first three rounds, he
0: was almost, he was well above average. Now he struggled a little bit on Sunday.
1: If he comes in at 10% and young is 20, again, I don't even know where we're at with ownerships yet. Maybe he's popular because of that. My point is just saying when you have valid pivots here and we may have, I'm just saying may, because again, it is weak pricing. And a strong field that usually does see balanced ownership, but if people get lazy this week and it just becomes the Cantlay, the Kucher, the Poston, the ones that you expect to be high owned, and that does keep the ownership congested in those areas, you'll be able to get good leverage in these other spots. I think a guy like Hovland or Finau, with very strong around the green games, can get on with the ball striking if they could just make some putts in certain spots they're just as fine to be in the mix. So that's where I'm saying, I definitely think there's options in this range. You don't have to commit to someone just because of a couple narratives on paper. I have them very similar. Who do you think wins a major first, Hovland or Cameron Young? Because today is all the talk of Young yesterday, Young last year in the majors, all these other things coming up, PGA Championship, US Open, but Hovland was in the mix again. Hovland's got wins. I know they're not the biggest name, biggest value wins, but who do you think wins a major first if one gets one of Hovland or Young? Uh I mean I, totally Henson, uh, I, I,
0: I don't know man he, cam young could become the best driver in the world. he he's might so
1: good. they're both so he good. might
0: I he see. might be there already, and that is such a big difference for people i mean cutting cutting down, hitting. you know carrying at three hundred thirty yards and being able to hit a nine iron while other guys are hitting seven and six is. Just a, such a huge advantage. Even if he's weaker with his irons, he's hitting shorter irons into these greens. Um, and so I, I think I might go Cam Young over Hovland, but I think they both win majors. It's pretty close. Uh, it is yeah. a tough one, right, when you just no, put that one down? It is tough. And, you know, the thing is, as of now, I have been and on starred. I don't have Cam Young uh, because I'm worried. That I think he probably will be one of the most popular plays. Now, if he's, like, under 20%, if he's, like, 15%, even up to like 17 18 percent which it could happen because everything is so usually so spaced out um in these um elevated field events you know then maybe it makes it a little bit easier but i don't know man like i, I can he is he talented enough to go and, and put out another top five in and in a course that under seventy two hundred yards where he's not been great at uh especially in the last year um I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't the answer know. We'll, might be
1: play both. I don't know if you went back to look at this, just because we're going to go up to the top range after this. But in the last five events, five events ago, Hovland and Young both came 20th. Four events ago, they both came 10th. Three events ago, Hovland came third. Young came 51st. But then you flip that two events ago where Young came second, and that's at the match play. It's considered 31st. For Hobble, but he did bad. Like it's like 51st level. And then they both came seventh at the Masters. Like the answer might just be to play both. They're both playing very well. They both have all those top tens recently. We just made a case for both of them and we have no idea. Ownership may just be spaced out. And the answer is play both. But again, lots of good guys you could play. It's clear to me that a guy like Homa will be very low owned this week when you consider everything else. He'll be the lowest owned. And Jake, play right below, which we'll get to g- later.
0: Yeah, if you're looking for game theory, Homer's going to be the lowest start, uh let's in this up, range.
1: Let's talk about John Rom. Can John Rom not back to back? Kenny, can he go Jack to Jack, green jacket to tartan jacket? Yes. This week, if again, if all plays out, are, are you expecting him to go back to back, Jack to Jack, whatever you want to call it? You I'm going to play
0: doing? him. I, okay. I, look, I, if Rom's in the field, he ain't backing down. He ain't throwing in the towel. He ain't there just to to, 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 to dilly dally around. That motherfucker's out there to win. Every event he plays, he's not going to throw the bag in and just be like, eh, whatever. That's not his attitude. If he's out there and he's playing, um, he's going to try and fucking win. Look what he did in Mexico last year in that shitty-ass field. Uh, You know what I'm saying? I mean, if he's out there, the guy's competing, he's going to try. I'm going to roster him. The big question is Spieth. How low? Okay, if you guys haven't heard, um, Spieth earlier today or yesterday spoke about how tired he is. Uh, he's played eight of the last ten weeks. He says he has to adjust his schedule. He's feeling fatigued. Um, now he's a defending champion. He has to go through all the stuff that a defending champion has to do before the event. The guys that are usually going to play these weeks we're not—they're not dumb people. Everyone you know hears this news. Can you get Spieth single-digit owned this week?
1: Feels like it. Definitely feels. It like feels It feels like. And if he's single-digit owned. Do you play him? I just don't even like you said, all that stuff that goes with it. I just the problem is when you've got the only thing I will say is, is that Cantley is going to be extremely popular. But it's also, I think, for good reason. Like when you look at the past, obviously the winner last year he beat him in a playoff. Can'tley loses to speak in that playoff, a little bit of a plugged shot there on eight tier on the the playoff hole, whatever. But Cantley consistently has been good here and is still playing good and literally was so good last week he just could not make a putt yeah but he's, not, he's not he's not going to miss a dozen putts inside eight feet here but you can compound it and say what we talked about earlier it is the short putts that he was missing and this is where you need those short putts to go in but he's had no trouble with it here Kenny that is one thing I'll say it's been no trouble for that one, one interesting note just sticking with Rom, is that Rom is not on the Zurich classic list yet you know usually he signs up and brings somebody's ass along and gets them their card but yeah uh, Ryan Palmer in the past and things like that but where? He's not on the list yet. There's still time. So I, I expect he'll be on there. We have the Xander. Uh, my presence. guess is
0: he's not playing then.
1: It might be My guess is it, it
0: he probably not. should because you know he has to play Mexico. He's never going to miss an event in a Spanish-speaking country. We me uh, to
1: bet, by the way, though. I'm just looking at their site. The Gala and Justin Sir. I think everyone's going to love it. But I'll be betting that next episode. Uh, no, yeah, I, I, I want that team. I, I want to take a shot with them. That looks like a good squad.
0: So, so I'm playing wrong in this 10K range. I'm thinking about Spieth. Cantlay's a cash game cornerstone. I mean, it's just simple uh, for me. Again, I don't really... And the thing is, uh, do you think the hatred that Patrick Can'tley got for being such a slow player, would that have any effect on his ownership?
1: No, I think he'll be the most popular up top. Okay. I, I don't think
0: so either. Uh, but my favorite play is more Kawa, Uh for GBPs uh, in me. this range. Uh, what's up? Sell me. Yeah, sell you? Yeah. Well, here's the thing about Kawa. You know... He's accurate off the tee, and is, and is and he's one of the best sign players out there. Uh, that's what you're going to need. Uh, you know he's going to miss less greens than the majority of the people out there. Uh, you know the, the the putting is a lot easier on this course. It's not like some crazy um, up and crazy mounds and undulations and stuff like that. Relatively flat, especially coming from what we saw last week. Uh, he has a top ten here uh, in the past. I like his price a lot. Uh, I think his game is well suited for Pete Dye type courses. I am a fan of Morikawa, uh, probably my favorite GPP play. Um, and the thing is, he has what three top ten. It's not like he's been playing horrible, you know. There's I still hate him for losing the uh, tournament of champions, but you know I I'm, I'm not going to let that bias go go on me. I mean, you look at his numbers. Um, you know, he's top ten from one fifty to one seventy. Top ten, he's first. From 150 to 175, where you're going to see a shit ton of approaches, and then he's what eighth from 175 to 200. Uh, those are your your big two proximity ranges. Uh, the guy's iron play is just outstanding. Um, he's really good on par fours. Tons of birdies. tee to green. His apps. It just all makes sense. And I love that price. I'm going to be playing a lot of them. You can get. You can do a lot of flexibility starting with him at what just ten thousand dollars. Why do you not like him?
1: I did not like him. I wanted to be sold to hear what your takes were. One thing I was going to say from a roster construction standpoint that stood out to me is like, I think people are going to be looking for the Cantlay pivot. And the answer might be to play something like Cantlay Kawa or Cantlay Spieth, where you're doubling down, which forces you to skip. Like we literally went to the 9K range to start our conversation, something we never do. Why? Because it's intriguing. So to most people trying to figure out that 9K range, what if the answer is just to say, instead of pivoting off Cantlay, Mix them in with somebody else that could beat him and win. Like what if Kawa wins, but Cantley finishes T6, and those are the two guys you need with lots of the guys available down low in the softer pricing. So I do think there's something interesting to that perspective. But as of now, I, li- I like the big two up top, pay the 11 k plus Rom Scheffler, and then Cantley or more Kawa is fine, but Cantley's gonna be extremely popular in this range. So I-, I could easily see just taking those one of those big guys and dropping down into the 8k range as well. Anything else up there or anything else in the 9k range you want to talk mm-hmm. about? We spent a lot of time on Hovland, Kowa, or sorry, Hovland, Finau, Young, but anybody else in there you want to mention? I mean, Xander's intriguing. I'm not the I don't know whether to go
0: with him or not. I mean, he was finishing like 55th, 63rd, and 33rd here with shitty ass fields when he's played. Uh so I don't know if this really suits his eye. You would think it would just because of the way his game is. I mean, well above average uh, around the green, strong on par 4s. I'm a little, I I I'm a little surprised at how poorly his proximity is from one hundred, one fifty to two hundred. Uh, he's outside the top forty in my model in the last fifty rounds. Uh, I'm not sure if I want to get on board with that, but um, yeah, I mean, you know, Ron, for me uh, in in these two ranges, Rom Morikawa, Hovland, Finau, GPPs. I want to go ahead and play Cantlay in cash game. In cash, he's my first cash game cornerstone. Yeah. Uh, let's go to this 8K range. The big question is going to be Justin Thomas, eighty nine hundred dollars. I mean, is he going to be the high? Now, even with the miscut cut last year, last week, a lot of sharper people that play DFS.
1: Do you expect them to be a highest own on slate? No, I think Kucher going to be the highest owned, seventy seven hundred dollar Kucher. Or because it's a major type and setup, I, I guess again he'll be the highest owned value play. And some of these guys will be up there with them, like JT the Cantley. It might be Cantley just because everyone got to start up top. So like you get. 24% can't lay. And then these guys fall in line right after, but it is interesting. And obviously the narrative came up. I posted, I know Rick Gaiman was thinking the same thing. He posted it right after me pretty much, but like there was, there was a time it was in 2018. I actually faded it. I did not get on board with everybody else. I lost a lot of money that week and I, I lost not betting on him, but he was 8,800 at the 2018 WGC. I think it was that time. It's called Bridgestone Invitational. Now the FedEx St. Jude, uh, which he also went on to win in 2020 in Memphis, but he was 33 to one, same odds. He opened up at on some books this morning. He was 8,800, not 89, but it seemed way too good to be true. And it was not. He went on and won. Does that mean the same now? No, literally sample size one, if that pumps his ownership and all that that goes into it, but it's Justin Thomas, it's too cheap. He can score. If he makes through right. gets to the cut, like he's going to score for you and make up those points. So I understand it. I think again, the only thing is, is you talked about all those guys in the nine K But even right below him with like the Sung Jays, Tom Kim, Fitzpatrick, Lowry, all these other guys. Lowry's going to be popular too, by the way. But just in in general, some guys I think may be better bets, Kenny. We talked about this a few weeks ago with EVR. Everyone bet him at 125. The math made sense because we were betting him at a worse number or he was at a worse number in a worse or in a stronger field. Then he goes out. You're like, yes, I'm going to bet that. That can be a good bet, but it doesn't mean it's going to be a great DFS play. If someone gets super popular, and there's lots of options that you can play. Instead, you don't even have to fade just because of the ownership, you can play guys around it that you like better, have better stats. have been doing better. All these factors like JT, man, he he got the kiss of death too. He went on that interview at the masters, did the little hole by hole. Said, I'm just drinking a protein shake because it's going to be a long, long day for me. Well, not if you don't make it to round three, buddy. So that was a problem right there for him. I thought that was pretty funny that those who highlighted that it was pretty true. But, uh, you know, going around him, I like Sung Jay still. I always like Sung Jay. His stats still line up. I think he was fine. Tom Kim, 40 to 1. I bet it. Maybe a better bet than a DFS play. Matt Fitzpatrick always been on record talking about how much he loves this course. I know a lot of people that bet him, and the numbers seemed crazy at first, like 28 or 30. But then when Rory WDs, you're like, oh, Fitzpatrick, pretty good. Now he's down to like 20 or 18. So I, I get it. I like him in play. Lowry, I bet at 40. Again, a guy I thinks a better bet than a DFS play maybe. Again, it lines up. But when you see what's around it, I, I kind of like Thigala. I like um, Hatton, Fitzpatrick, Sung Jay. Those are just some of the guys that stand out in this range for me. And then I'll make decisions on guys like JT and Lowry. But like, again, if Lowry is going to be super popular at 8,300, I don't think you have to play him just because of his course history. We now bring a much stronger field around him, and I'll continue to highlight that, but that's really what stands out to me.
0: Yeah, I'm playing like every person in this AK range except like Sagala and um and Sam Burns, uh, as of now. They're the only two that I haven't clicked. Everybody else is a star next to their name. Uh Sunday's gonna be my third cash game, as uh, my second cash game, cornerstone. A couple of good uh, appearances here the last couple of years, uh, really good Masters finish, making the making the making the cut on the number and finishing in the top, what, top twenty. Um, you know his game seems suited for this. I, I like a lot of Koreans uh, this week. Shocker! Uh, there seems to be uh, they could be well, and I think Tom Kim is one of my favorite plays. Um, you know he can go out there accurate off the tee, good iron game. This seems like the type of course that he can really do well at. Shorter doesn't have to use his driver doesn't have the disadvantage of being 30 40 yards shorter than most of the other elite guys out there uh you can just go ahead and hit it hit his dry he could probably hit his driver out there 285 295 uh and hit more fairways than a lot of guys with this three would um so uh i'm a big fan of tom kim uh this week i bet him 40 to 1 uh, I bet Lowry thirty to one as well. I I think it was like forty two when I first saw and and I got it at forty jumped, yeah yeah I jumped on it too late. Uh, but I mean I I bet Jessa Thomas twenty eight to one. Like this eight K range is going to be heavy for me. Um, and so because of that, do you think it's possible the nine K range gets sort of overlooked? Because usually it's the eight K range that's overlooked, and I don't think it's going to happen this week.
1: It's not going to happen this week. But again, roster construction—you can only do so many things. So I think you definitely see a lot of like can't lay pick a nine K guy. Grab at least one 8K guy and drop down. So 10, 9, 8 could be very popular. And then also, like anyone trying to get tricky can still go like 9988. 8. It's fine. Like I'm not saying tricky in a bad way. I'm just saying, like, I definitely see how these guys are still going to get ownership. But it makes me think again, besides early look, Kenny, besides Cantley, Justin Thomas, Lowry, Kucher, and Poston, when we get there later, that's like the five guys. Yes, ownership is still going to be spaced out. Was what I was getting to, but I still see congested ownership at least on those five guys in those ranges, where then that helps you with your decision making. It doesn't mean exclude them all. Some for some it does, but it'll you know, really exploitative play. But I'm just saying, I would look at it as the, the the setup of like at least consider that when you're building your lineups before just jamming them all in together because those five guys yeah. should be. is yeah, my
0: third cash game cornerstone. Sure, I mean again, of course history is here. He was up there near the top of the leaderboard last week. He's had a couple of good finishes coming into this event. Uh, You know, the stats line up for Lowry. Again, his iron play is extremely strong. Really good tee to green. Really good around the green. Um, I think he makes uh, above average around the green. Uh, I think he makes a lot of sense uh, here for the third cash game cornerstone. Um, I sort of like Hatton. I like a lot of these Europeans down here uh you know hatton and fleetwood i'm gonna play again uh both you know fleetwood's like number two in my model uh again really strong around the green play really good on par fours really good from 175 to 200 i really like this 8k range i'll be playing a lot of these guys i mean i'm tempted to make lineups with like five 8k guys (laughs) you know what i'm saying it's definitely doable uh you can do it uh so yeah, I'm a big fan of this range. let moved down to the 7K range. Of course, my final cash game cornerstone is going to be Matt Kuchar. The guy's coming off a of third place. He's had seven top tens here in his career. He's made basically like every cut you could think of. Um, the guy's playing good golf. He's had a couple of really good finishes uh, this year. It seems like his game has not got, gotten away from him as he's gotten older. Pretty simple stuff. I'm going chalk again for the cash game cornerstone. Did not work last week. Uh, I think Connors was like 72% owned in my hundred dollar double up that I played last week. Uh, so, uh, I'm going with the chalk. It's going to be Cantley at 10, 10 3. It's going to be Sung um, at what 8,600, Lowry at 8,300, and then Hav uh, and Kucher at 7,700. That leaves you right around 15k to finish out the rest of your lineups. I'm, a, I sort of like, um, Bradley this week uh when it comes to my model just the Pete Dye courses uh he ranked six uh of course his iron game is really really good uh par four scoring I, I tend, always find that important on courses that are you know that don't have four par four part fives um I, I'm a fan do you go I like I like Justin Rose up here in this 7K range uh again he showed a little something last week before falling off uh, a little bit on Sunday uh, but, he, you know, he's having a really, really good season. Shockingly, like, one of the birdie leaders on tour, like third in birdies are better gained uh, in the last 50 rounds um, in this field. Lots of birdies, lots of scoring opportunity. I really like Justin Rose uh, down here. Uh, Siwoo, of course, another Pete Dice specialist. Hasn't had, like, the best um, uh, course history uh, at this event, but it hasn't been bad uh, you sort of always play Wu at Pete Dye events, and he's become consistent. Uh, Thirteen or fourteen made cuts uh, this season. It's something that you've never really seen. I've talked about this for the last few months. There's a little bit more consistency uh, in Siwoo's game uh, now, and he's he's racking up the points. He's trying to catch up to Tom Kim uh, to get to that second. Uh, second highest ranked Korean uh, so he can play in the Asian games uh, this coming up year and try and get his uh, military exemption. Yep. If he gets a medal, I mean, that's, that's going to be, you know, on all, all these Korean guys, they're going to want to get into there. I mean, it's, it's come down to three. It's Sung Jae, Tom uh, and uh, Si Woo. Only two of them get to play. Uh, so it's going to be a battle for that. And I could see a lot of the, those three guys really, uh, you know, gearing up because I mean, you know, it, it's the most that, that Asian games is going to be the most important tournament of their lives. Um, and uh, you know, they got to get there. And so I, I, I'm playing that narrative up a little bit, but I believe in it. Uh, and that's why you see Siwoo playing every week. <laughs> you if know, they so far. To, the they
1: said Tom Kim is going to give it up. So Siwoo can play, even if he doesn't make it.
0: No, hell no, man. No,
1: because, no. because if Tom can,
0: if Tom doesn't have to worry about military exemption at 22 years old. I mean, this is free. It's just free. It's great. Uh, that shit is not going to fucking happen. Um, who else do you like in this upper 7K range, Tamma?
1: Yeah, I'll go to it. One thing I will say, though, like the Hatton call you had, the I said the Gala, you talked about Keegan. Just to mention those three guys real quick because it kind of ties in. One, what we do know about the 8K range, you said how popular it is, Kenny, is true, but it's really like Lowry, Fitz, maybe Tom Kim, definitely Sung Jae, and definitely JT. How popular will Hatton-Tigala be? I don't know. People are betting Tigala, so maybe. But I'm just saying they can't all be. So, like, I think that is something. And if you look, this is what I go to all the time. Hatton, history here is not even that bad. Had a third a couple years ago. But while he mixes in 59s and missed cuts, he throws it in with 2nd place, 4th place, and 6th place. If you look at Thigala, 9th, 31st, 14th, 6th, 74th. I want those guys that are mixing it up. And there's a guy... You talked about this upper 7K range. I like the Keegan one, too. But there's a guy with six top 20s in his last seven with the worst seventh result being a 31st. Do you know who that guy is? He's he's above 7,500 but lower than 8,000. Who is it? Ricky Fowler. And I think it's a good tournament play. He was doing his thing to try and get into that Masters run, too. It wasn't the best. I get it. And the results show as they end up on paper, not in the top five or whatever. So you're like, oh, it's not even like he was in the mix. But... At 7,600, we, we're not talking about putting in a 10K Ricky here. Like, this is, again, to me, the way he's been playing lately, all different styles of courses, all facets of his game. It's a tournament play. I just, again, I don't think it's going to get mentioned as much when you have Connors, Bradley, Henley, Kucher, all these guys. Go back to the well on Connors. We talked about what works, Kenny. What A guy that misses the cut at the Masters gets a little week off. Guess what? He won two weeks ago again. Maybe that translates once we get to Wednesday. But just saying, it looks like the Henleys, the Kuchers, the C the stuff that people know about this course versus the other factors we used to use in previous years at this course. So I like Sahith at 8K dropping down. I like the Keegan, the Connors, Ricky Fowler, and then maybe Chris Kirk again. Just go back to him. But yeah, I like but, Woodland. I yeah, like well, Wood- Woodland and less driver
0: well. courses. He's yep. had some some bright spots. Uh, you know, some 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 you know rounds where he, you know, he's sort of played really, really well. Uh, he was, you know, near the top of the leaderboard first couple of days last week at the Masters. Uh, he always tends to do well in less than driver courses. I can get behind Woodland in 7,500. Uh, why don't you go ahead and take us down to this bottom 7K range?
1: Yeah, just taking some shots here, some sprinkles of guys that have been playing well lately. Obviously, Poston's going to be popular for good reason. I bet him at 100 to 1, so I thought that was a great number, number with the top five. I got play, 80. I think this is where this is where I'm going to go more with the course fit. Kenny, like you can get your... Denny McCarthy's your Brian Harmon's your Adam Hadwin's Tom Hogies, those guys that are right there that can go around a guy like JT Poston if you don't want to go there because this does kind of fit to me the mold of the 7k's of the new 6k's in the sense of it used to be we would always avoid the 6k guy at double digits talked about this plenty in the past I don't know what Poston gets to but it feels very early on like he's going to be super popular for good reason but it's still it's there's so many guys down here that you can make a case for KH Lee uh, you talk about, we use this title how many times now? I don't know. We could ask our producer after, but play all the Koreans. I like think you even mentioned it on Twitter today. It definitely feels like that again. Like it's definitely a week where you could just go to sort of everybody. I'll take shots on some of the boom bust guys down here. Uh, that for me would be the Kirk Kiddyamas, the Cameron Davis, Patrick Rogers, Justin Suh. I don't mind. Sam Stevens, like Aaron Rye. Uh, those are like 10 guys, five that are like the course fits. Five that are like the boom bust guys, and there's your your 10 guys that you've got down here. And depending what you're doing in the 6k range, I got no problem with that. So I think some of those guys are at least somewhat interesting to me that I'm looking at. Who do you got in this lower 7K range?
0: My two favorite plays are probably going to be Min Woo and um and uh Cam Davis. I mean, think about Min Woo; He hurt me last week uh with the miscut really bad. I had a lot of them. Uh, but you know, second at the players on the Pete Die course here recently. Uh, he has that driving iron that he can hit like 290 yards which he's like deadly accurate with and you know when you see a lot of Pete Dye courses there's going to be a lot of dog legs a lot of shot shaping that's what he says is a favorite part of his game I did say last week he was like the Asian wannabe Bubba Watson I still believe that um, even though he didn't really do that well at the Masters last week give him a pass I like Minwoo I bet him 80 to 1 with the five spots each way Uh, big fan of him and I really like Can Davis, who went out and shot like 81 in the first round last time out and then shot like 63 (laughs) the following round. uh, He had a shit ton of birdies. He had one off round uh, that cost him. Missed a cut last time he was out. Um, I'm pretty sure he has pretty good course history here. I didn't even look down low uh, too much at it, but I I like him uh, this week. He's going to be one of my faves. Uh, down here, if you're looking for um, a pivot off Poston, Brian Harmon, which is basically the left-handed JT Poston, um, is someone that you can look at, uh, again, a plotter-type course. Uh, he's like the plotter uh, out there with a good iron game. Um, you know, with His iron game is actually his weakness, I'm sorry. Good around the green game, really good on par force, really good putter. He's top 15 and birdies or better. Uh, In this field, in this field, but now granted, he probably plays easier courses than a lot of these guys who are playing elevated events, but in the last 50 rounds, he's top 15 in British or better uh, Brian Harmon is. So I like him as a little pivot uh, off post. And I'm pretty sure post is going to be in my cash game cornerstone. So basically what's going to happen is all the chalk is going to fuck up. And so, uh, because that's the way like my life has been in the last eight weeks, it's been so shitty uh, in cash. And the thing is, I've had like great weeks like good finishes like i've had two winners uh in my cash game cornerstones i've had like weeks where i had like second and ninth still didn't cash it's just been a real struggle uh for me for the most part it's been the other two people that aren't aren't my cash game cornerstones so hopefully you guys out there have been doing a little better than me uh picking better players for the other two
1: let's go ahead and uh go down are you gonna play webb Doubtful. Yeah, I don't. I don't see him in the mix. I was gonna say one I forgot though was my uh, Canadian brethren, who I did hit this bet last week. I talked about it on the Wednesday Mayo show where we went through it, and I said everyone's gonna be on Connors. You could get Mac Hughes at four to one for top Canadian, and he was the only Canadian that made the cut and got through. So I'm gonna go back to Mac Hughes. I actually bet him this week at 190 to one as well. So we'll get to bets later, but I- I'm in the seven k range. um I guess Stephen Yager. I always play, but th- this is where you're just picking your guys. I play. J.J. Spawn. I play Nick Taylor, I play uh, Hayden Buckley, usually, Tyler Duncan, Putnam, Smalley, Bo, uh, Neesmith, I'm going to go back to. Remember the, the classic Neesmith story, getting engaged here, and yet he still never seems to show up, but he does or should fit this course. So I like him, and then not too much else that I love after that. We can make cases for a lot of these guys, but nobody else that really stands out to me, Kenny.
0: Yeah, 6K range, I mean, just getting there. A couple of a couple of names stick out. Um Joel Dahman has played well here uh in the past. You know, he had to play him a little bit of, you know, but you know, the talent is there. The guy's, you know, top sixty, top seventy player in the world. Uh I don't mind him at sixty nine hundred dollars. Scott Stallings uh again, he had a nice little run, showed a little something in the first couple of rounds uh at Augusta for that price. I can go ahead and take the risk. Uh Van Royen. Down here uh, at sixty seven hundred dollars, really good from one fifty to two hundred yards. Pretty good finishes here in the past. Uh, and then uh, one guy who might be sort of not uh, uh, really well known and really popular, Nate. I like Nate Lashley here at sixty six hundred dollars again, top thirty in uh, from one fifty to uh, one seventy five and one seventy five to two hundred. Uh, you know, good from those proximity ranges that I'm looking for. About average. Everywhere else, and you're that 6,600. If you're average, it's not the worst thing to be. uh And then have a couple of you know bright spots, especially when it comes to his iron game. Who are you going in the six K range?
1: Uh, it's I named them all. I don't have any more to talk about. Uh, yeah. Those no, guys uh, I said above, like I
0: guess... is another one that interests me. Doug Gim, Seaweed we Doug play all the Koreans.
1: Like uh, so interest yeah, me. You got you got Satoshi is is here. You got CT Pan is here. Like there's guys that have showed up here and have wins even and stuff like that. But I I just, man, uh, like Stewie sink, got a W here just a year ago or two years ago. Sorry. But like, yeah, I I don't, I don't foresee myself needing to go crazy here, but I'll I'll mix some of those guys I said in. I think that's the way to do it. Maybe a couple of them to build some lineups where you can get top heavy with the guys that I talked about up there and just skip some of the nine K or eight K range guys. But in general, that's the other thing, Kenny, like, I guess, if you think the eight K is going to be super popular, I got no problem getting overweight on all those. There were so many guys in the seven K range that I liked. You could just be fine to get over there besides posting. There's just 15 other guys. Easy that you could play mix it with all the guys you like up top. Like Xander. If you think Xander, I don't know. Last question I'll ask you. Then we go to bets. Do you think like Xander Finau young Hovland are that much better than JTM, Tom Kim Fitzpatrick Lowry? Like, is that no. a much better crew or no, no. So, that, so maybe, maybe you're right. But what I'm saying is I think that's why ownership still would go to the 8K range more. To answer your question earlier, I think people just say, why not just drop down to these dudes, skip that. So give me Cantley, Thomas, Tom Kim, M, whatever they do in there, Coocher, Poston, let me pick a guy. Like, I don't know. Maybe that's the lineup that people go to. So I know that uh, Pat and I will be on tomorrow doing the show in studio for Tuesday this week instead of Wednesday, on Tuesday this week instead of Wednesday, because... He's going away on vacation, I think. So we'll talk about line of construction and stuff more tomorrow. But I think that is interesting just to note at the end, like you see it that way. I probably see it that way too. Not much difference. But if everyone sees it that way, it's basically saying the 9K range will just get sort of 12 to 15%, maybe one guy 15 to 20. You could get some serious leverage in that 9K range if you think that's going to be the case. Yeah, I mean, uh, speaking of Pat, I was on the uh, Custy
0: panel show, yes. the pre-show uh, if you think I was boring today, uh, which I was because I'm fucking tired and I need a week off, so so if you want crazy exciting Kenny back, go listen to that pod. It's gonna come out Monday or Tuesday. Me and Aaron Bronsted are talking about custody awards. Uh, I do have a story time with Kenny, uh, a new one in that pod. So make sure you go check it out on Mayo Media Network. Um, bets. So for me, uh, JT twenty eight to one. Lowry thirty to one, Tom Kim forty to one, Koocher fifty to one, um, Min Woo eighty to one, five places each way. JT Poston eighty to one, five places each
1: way. Lazy week for me too. JT twenty eight, Sungjae thirty three, Lowry forty, Tom Kim forty, Poston one hundred, and Mac Hughes one ninety. Uh, five places on the guys 40 and above Sungjae and JT. I just left it, but the rest, I got five places on all of them. So we'll see how it goes again. I think some of these are better bet numbers to bet. Like we got in on like JT is not going to be at that. Like Rory withdrew. It's going to drop down. Sungjae, I think dropped in most places. Lowry, you already got on him at 30. He was 40. Like again, a lot of these numbers have dropped. So you can talk about CLV all you want all day. That's why we bet some of these numbers because we think they're good numbers and they can drop. There's value but I don't know. It's a it's a story for another podcast another day Kenny, but I think DFS and betting alone I think it's just become like bet who you want, play who you want, ignore all the rest because we do it for value and for numbers and for price and for ownership. Who is going to win? Who's going to be there? That's it. And I know we we sometimes tie those together, but I do think there's a lot to it where sometimes it's just as simple as if you thought Rom was going to win last week at 9 to 1. Just bet Rom at 9 to 1. Close the book. Bet him, move on. Pick a couple long shots to go with it and move on. I just think that's huh. the, the way you got to do it.
0: Tom Kim wins, wins this week. I'm going to go ahead and use him as my one-and-done.
1: Right. I've i got using some of those guys, those course history guys, but I actually think I'm going to look. I just don't know who I have left for the big names, but I think I'm going to take a shot on some of these guys up top. It just There's so much money involved once you get a good feel for it. like If you think Cam Young or a Hovland or Morikawa, maybe is the week, like you said, to use them, just hitting fairways, greens. It fits the same mold as what you're saying for a guy like Tom Kim. Like, what's the mold? The fairways, the greens can make some of those putts. What do we say about Morikawa? We know he hits the fairways. We know he hits the greens. If he ever gets out with the putter, he wins. So maybe it's Morikawa that that I'll use. I'll I'll talk more about it tomorrow, but he's a guy that I'm starring right now as we speak to talk about that.
0: Alright, this sounds good. You can find me on Twitter at KendoVT. You can find my article on gupscorner.com. I don't know if I'm going to write it tonight. I am fucking tired. It'll probably come out Tuesday uh, for, for the article, and then I'll do my add-on on Wednesday. Use promo code Kenny. Save 30% on a membership to Gups Corner. And for all the new people uh, that uh, we got that listened last week and watched last week, we really do appreciate that. This is not normal for me. I'm tired, and I need a week off.
1: All right. You can find me on Twitter at Toetag and Tambo. You guys know what to do there. Fi- find me, follow me, hit me up. If you have any questions, obviously the tidbits that most people look for on there will be free every week posted on Wednesday morning on a regular week like this. So you guys will see them go out Wednesday, just taking all the information I find from around the free spots in the industry, curating it into one spot to make it easier for you guys to get some insight on DFS picks, bets. It's not always my stuff that I like. It's just little tidbits that I am interested in. People always say, Oh, your plays like, Those are my plays. The plays are what I'm talking about on this show and with Mayo tomorrow and somewhere in the future. But in general, that is what you want to do is follow me on Twitter. And like Kenny said, thank you to everybody. I I meant to talk about it earlier, Kenny. So one last rant before I go is thank you to everyone. The support was incredible. All the winners got their money for the $100, for the PayPal, for retweeting the tidbits, for doing the comments. We had our most watched and listened to show ever in the history, which is a great sign. I know other people around the industry talked about this as well just to say that many more people are getting involved into golf and have interest in dfs and the betting side of things so that's great and then all the likes 346 likes 82 comments we had a bunch of stuff last week on the youtube channel as well so continue that for us like we said for this week just if you want to throw it in there a comment what would you do to fix the owgr i know not anyone's not everyone's going to get behind that but if you actually think you have a good idea i read all the comments i'm interested to see if you want to show other support in there go ahead but I definitely think that's something that they need to figure out because like we said, it was a great event even without me feeling like it was live versus PGA down the stretch. It was still nice to have guys in the mix that we haven't seen in the mix with other guys that we're used to having in the mix for quite some time. So I was happy about that, but that's all I got for this week, Kenny I'm excited move on after this week. It's the Zurich and then the Mexico open. Those are not the best events of the year. Then we get back to the Wells Fargo, another major coming up next month, etc. with the PGA championship. So Going to be a good run here on the Old Fantasy Golf Degenerates podcast and show. Yep,
0: looking forward to the week off. Uh I mean, I really don't have too much else to say. Let's win some motherfucking money. DJ Nation, hu- huzzah. Yay. I've been getting dirty money, Jordan Bell Belford. Stacking penny
1: stocks while I'm flipping these birds. Sipping on Syracuse, trip them up with the words.